Eat up with tax, don't know what to do The Bryson's are here for you We know every tip and trick A serious tax talk with a Louisiana twist Hello, hello, it's great to see you again And welcome back to another installment of Talkin' Tax I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff We've got Carrie and Angie Bryson of the Bryson Law Firm standing by Of course, they're the stars of the show, where else would they be? Uh, but no, hey look, we've, we want to thank you, our audience, for jumping aboard the show today Whether you know, you're joining us after the fact on a podcasting platform Or if you are live with us on the Facebook live stream today Welcome aboard, we're happy to have you with us And hey, take a moment to drop a question or a comment down below in the comment section as we go through our conversation today. You know, we're going to be touching a lot of great things that the Brysons do throughout their discovery process. That's really the theme of the conversation today. And, you know, if you have any questions along the way, we'd love to take some time and answer those questions towards the end of the episode. So please, if you hear anything that, you know, excites you or maybe, you know, makes you question something, feel free to drop a comment below. Like I said, we'll take some time at the end of the show to address them. That being said, topic of conversation today is the discovery process at the Bryson law firm firm it is a four-phased approach we're going to bring carrie and angie on board to kind of dive into what this you know process looks like and how it plays out for the client's experience and then of course the work that they do on their end to make this process as beneficial it is as it is for both sides but uh you know there's a lot to unpack within this process and i think you'll enjoy today's conversation so that being said let's go ahead and bring carrie and angie on to start the combo hey guys how are we doing this morning good to see you great great thanks for having us good morning good morning it is great to be back with you guys this morning, and I'll tell you what, uh, as I was looking through our presentation today and, and you know going through uh, all the ins and outs, because you guys have a really robust discovery process here, but I think the best place for us to probably start is give us that high-level overview. What are we even talking about here? What is a discovery process in the first place? Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. Well, this I is mean, your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, we call it discovery. Some other people may call it, you know, the, the initial phase, but the, the 30,000 foot level real is really, this is where we figure out the problem. You know, it's not, you know, before we could fix the problem, we got to know, you know, what the problem is and what caused the problem. Because if you don't fix the cause of the problem, you'll never, you'll never fix the problem. So, so we do a really uh, a deep dive, as we say, on, on, on the clients, you know, financial records and and uh, all their IRS records and really determine what the problem problems are, what caused the problems, and then fix those uh, before we move on to solving their case. Because, you know, it, 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 it's, it sounds, you know, uh, counterintuitive, whatever. But anyway, the, the, you have to fix the problem, what caused the problem before you solve the problem. It's pretty much what we're doing. So, so in that initial phase, we're just trying to figure everything out. We're doing a deep dive. Right. Yeah. So phase one being engagement and onboarding. I see here, guys, walk me through what this engagement or onboarding process. I would assume this means day one client either calls you guys, comes into the office for that first consultation. What does that conversation look like? What are the types of questions that you're asking when you're going through that onboarding, you know, uh, session with a client? So onboarding, you know, I'll take this one at, at phase one, but onboarding is um, the beginning of the relationship, right? So someone, you know, if I call in and say, you know, I've really got a, I've got some issues some tax issues that um, they would talk with our onboarding team and they're, they're going to ask them, you know, how, how did you get here? Um, 
what's your outcome goal? What, what's, why did you call today? You know, this may have gone on for four or five years, maybe longer, but something creates an emotional response for most of us when we decide to pick up the phone and make that call because it's scary, right? Um, so we'll ask them, you know, what's your trigger? What, what, what do you, what do you want us to achieve for you? I call it the outcome goal. Um, so, and it might be, you know, I need to sell my house and have a tax lien. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad are sick. I'm about to inherit, inherit some property and I don't want me to be the holdup with a tax lien or they're about to die and they have a tax lien. The, 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 the parents have a lien and we need to take care of this before they get to that, to that place. So we'll investigate all those triggers. We'll create the relationship, um, get on board, you know, people will quote fees, uh, and we charge fixed fees. I don't know if we want to get into that. So we'll create an engagement agreement, define the scope of work. Um, and then we'll just start onboarding with the IRS as well. We'll file the power of attorney. Um, and, and that kind of gets you into that secondary, the next phase, phase yeah. two. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that, uh, and, and I think Angie was alluding to it and she may have even said it was, you know, the, the, the bottom line in that initial phase, you know, we call it an, you know, upfront contract. That's what we're going to, we want to know what the client wants and we going to tell them what we can deliver. So yes. we've got to have a meeting in the minds there. And, and the real question is, you know, what, what is this client expecting of us? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, I mean, a lot of people come in and say, well, I don't want to pay anything. Well, I mean, you know, if, if you're a tax protester, uh, you know, that's not us. We're not tax pro, you know, we're not protesters. Um, so everybody has an obligation or whatever to pay taxes. If somebody wants to fight that the Constitution doesn't provide for it and all that, yeah, you know, different. there are those lawsuits, but we don't do that. So we're very clear front. I'm not going to protest it. I'm going to solve your tax problem. You know, um, now, of course, I'm going to get you the best deal that I can get you. Um, sure. You know, I'm, I, and you certainly, I'm certainly hoping you're not going to pay more than you're supposed to pay. You know, we could get some relief for you. But if you think that you're going to pay zero, then maybe, maybe that's not, you know, that's not realistic yeah. and it's not going to be a good fit because you're ultimately not going to be happy with our services. And, you know, and that's, that's not a realistic expectation on, on our end. So, so uh, yeah, that's... I think that's some of the questions we, we, you know, we talk about in the very beginning. Sure. Expectations. I, you almost took the words right out of my mouth. My next question was going to be that, that or surrounding that idea of expectations, because obviously, you know, as a client, they're, re- they're reaching out to you to help solve a problem. Uh, you know, if they come in with the expectations that the problem is going to be fixed overnight, obviously that's a little unrealistic. Maybe that relationship doesn't work out to the extent that they might want it versus what actually, you know, actually the process that it'll take to get that problem resolved. So do you guys find in, in many of your instances during this initial phase engagement and onboarding that sometimes those expectations don't align? And in instances like that, if there are very many, what does that conversation look like to them? How do you say, look, uh, we aren't able to deliver that level of service, but here's what we can do. What does that process look like? Uh, it's, it's, it's more of, um, more likely the beginning. Uh, we mm-hmm. can't, we're not a good fit. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not going to take you on as a client because what you're after is not reasonable uh, or it's not provided for by the law. And I'm, you know, we're not willing to do that. Sure. So it's, it's usually, it's usually a very blunt conversation. Uh, and, and, you know, and that's kind of find that, you know, it's better to be, like I said, that upfront contract oh, yeah. in the very beginning to get that out of the way, because I don't want, you know, six months later, uh, you know, for that to come up well, you, you, you know, you told me that I could, you know, I was going to pay zero or whatever. And I'm, you know, and, and I mean, my clients will tell you one of my lines, and it's always been my line since we've really started doing this was, 
you know, I can't guarantee you that you're going to pay zero, but I can guarantee you that you're going to get great service. And I, you know, you're going to get the best deal that's available to you because everybody's deal is different. Some people mm -hmm. do actually pay zero. Sure. And of course, if you're entitled to pay zero, we're going to, we're going to do that. But some people have to pay a significant amount of money because that's what they owe. And, right. you know, we're just going to make sure they're not going to pay any more. And if there, if there are any, any relief provisions out there available to them, penalty relief, some type of relief, we're going to get that for them. Sure. You know, so and I'm confident that that we're capable to do that, um, but we're not capable to do to pay zero when when you're not entitled to pay zero. So sure, it makes makes total sense. So so guys, we're, phase one is complete. All right, client comes in, you have that initial onboarding, the upfront contract is nailed down. Then begins the technical work, really, on your side of the aisle. And, the, you know, in most instances, the client is going to kind of take a back seat during this process. But let me know if they are involved. But that moves us into phase two, which is transcript analysis within your overall discovery process. What does this look like for you and your team? This is um, the, the part of that I, I analogize to, like, x-rays and testing and blood work and um, MRIs in terms of diagnostic work, you know, we can, once the, once the power of attorney is filed with the IRS, um, and that takes about, you know, it could take anywhere from four to six weeks typically to process in their system. Uh, once we have authority to represent people or businesses, whoever the taxpayer might be, um, uh, we can get into the, um, online IRS transcripts for every tax period at issue and, there's just a wealth of information. So we can see um, if the extent of the problem. This is this is where we the rubber meets the road, right? So mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. your returns filed? If they are, when were they filed? Um, how much do you owe per the IRS? Uh, does that match what your tax return says? Uh, is there a lien uh, filed for, for, for that period? Are you at risk for levy? I, we can tell that how many, when the notices went out and whether we've missed the debt, you know, you may have missed the deadlines to appeal, whether an appeal has previously been filed, uh, collection statute expiration dates, how long do they have left to collect that particular tax? I mean, it is a thorough piece of information that oh, yeah. gives us the case plan. Yeah. Right. This so. sounds like your, your deep dive here, guys. Sorry, Carrie, go ahead. Now, I just want to add a few things, too, that I probably should have mentioned before, but not so much about the transcript analysis, but as part of that transcript analysis, because sometimes clients come in and, and they don't know, they don't know yet right. exactly. But, you know, when we discover, when we get their, we get their tax rec records and history of all this, you know, their accounts, we could see uh, oftentimes that they're at risk for collection. Uh, and then we could obtain a collection hold and we can kind of, which is kind of just a stay for a period of time to give us time to perform this analysis and the client could be at, at, at put at ease rather quickly, at least for a temporary short period of time that, hey, nothing's gonna happen. I'm not gonna lose my bank account. I'm not gonna lose, my wages aren't gonna be garnished. You know, we could slow that down. Right. Um, and, and another thing I wanted to touch on too, uh, about the the onboarding process and the reason why we developed this, this upfront and really honest, I would like to use the word honest process. Yes, transparent right. process. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of our competition, you know, um, will promise, make promises that are just not real. And they will promise that just to get them in the in the door. And I can't tell you how many clients that come in that have spent money with these, you know, national out-of-town sales companies and this or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they responded to these ads and, sure. you know, give them the credit card over the phone and just, just all kind of stuff and pay thousands and thousands of dollars on a promise that they're going to pay zero. 
Well, uh, you know, as a law firm, you know, first of all, you know, we would never do that just as individuals. But as lawyers, you know, we're we're not going to do that either because we lose our law license if we start making all these things. So, <laughs> yes. so um, you know, so uh, anyway, I just want to add that in that you know, and that's another reason. You know, I, I think there's a, a that's a distinction that I'm making, I guess, from us and from some other companies, uh, you know, that may be out there that just promise well, we're going to settle. I could settle your case for you know five if if it's too good to be true, mm-hmm. it actually. Mm-hmm is not really true. And I can assure you, if you're entitled to sell your case for that $5, we're going to be probably sell it for four. So anyway, but you know, but it's only going to be a uh, real and actually going to happen. So no, I, I love that. And I, I find a, a recurring theme across our conversations together is really it comes back to working with trusted professionals like yourselves, it, it, because at the end of the day, you want the best bang for your buck if that settlement's going to be $5, $0, but also the process. I mean, th- this is dealing with the IRS. It's sure it's not the most uh, enjoyable process to begin with, but it but it can be when you've got the right people in your corner. Uh, so there it is coming back to just the the work and the testament that you guys and the leaps and bounds that you guys go for your clients. So let's bring it back here to the discovery process. We, we're now we're through phase two. You know, you've got the transcript analysis complete, you know, a, a bullet points, you know, line items of, of the various assets at their disposal, the various um you know, issues at the forefront of the, you know, their main concern. Now we move into phase three and that's a comprehensive financial review. Walk me through this process, why it's so important and how it ultimately plays a massive factor in really resolving the issue at hand. Yeah. I mean, it's the linchpin of the case. I'm sure we had a long discussion about this. I'm sure sure Angie will have a lot, you know, because she is kind of the the expert here when it comes to this uh, review. But anyway, uh, a general overview. The IRS is going to is going to use two things to dissolve your case, okay? And it's all that really matters. They don't care who you are, what you are, how you would it. What what it boils down to is your ability to pay and your collection potential, okay? And that's determined by uh, you know a financial statement that you're required to prepare and give to the IRS. And it's not a tax return. And believe it or not, mm-hmm. that's different from your tax return. And believe it or not, the financial statement that you complete that the IRS form uses is not necessarily uh, geared to to where you answer the questions in your favor. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't really know how to answer those questions, you're not going to automatically you're not going to get the best deal you're entitled to because you're going to answer the questions how the IRS wishes you to answer their mm-hmm. questions. So anyway, but but they're going to take these form this financial analysis, uh, and they're going to reduce. Basically, your ability to pay is your income versus your allowed expenses, okay, just real generally. And your collection potential is the net equity in all your assets. Those are two numbers. Those two numbers are achieved. They're put into a formula. The formula runs, and what comes out is what you get, okay? So once you're finished with this 433, that's the the form number. That's the form number. That's this financial statement. Sorry about that. But once you're finished with that, that's kind of done. I mean, our work is done in the preparing of the form and getting to those numbers. Because once that form goes to the IRS, it's it's a it's a very uh, you know objective measure. And you know, of course, the IRS did this, so they get the same result that they do in Louisiana, that they get in California, that they get in New York. I mean, they want to level it out across the deal. So they have these formulas that they use to solve these cases. So everybody is getting the same same deal in the same situation. So anyway, that's why it's, I mean, the most, I mean, that's is where the rubber meets the road here is on this financial analysis for any firm that's representing you. Because if you do that wrong, or if you do it 
as it's requested, so to say, on that farm, you're going to get a bad deal. You're not going to get the best deal you're entitled to. Yeah. And so, you know, I explain it to to clients when we're having this conversation as give tell me everything. Don't hide anything from me. Let me see. Let us because, you know, we've got attorney client privilege. I mean, it's not that I'm going to hide anything. You, you're not going to outsmart the IRS. Right. I mean, sure. people have been trying to do that for decades. Um, <laughs> so let's be fully transparent. This is a snapshot in time, real time right now of your financial uh, health, essentially. Um, if if you had a lot of money a long time ago and you have a tax problem now because you had a lot of money and maybe didn't pay taxes or there was an issue back then, that's not relevant right now. Re what, I, what, what we're trying to achieve is what does it look like today? So what's your cash flow in and out expense-wise um, on the ability to pay side today? And what will it, what's it projected to be? Um, is it, will it stay the same essentially? And what, are, what equity do you have? Do you have a, a hundred, $200,000 available in a house? Cause that's what they're going to want. Right. And that tells us exactly whether, are we going to go North? We're going to go South, East, West with your, your case resolution plan. Are you going to be an offer? Can you be a settlement? Can you be a payment plan? And how much are they going to want? And, and so the artistry comes in what Carrie's talking about, you know, the form is, is, looks facially simple when mm -hmm. you look at mm -hmm. it because it, it does when you just kind of look at what it is but it's when you dive a little deeper there's some some advantages to having someone who's done hundreds and really thousands honestly of these um, to capitalize on the expenses and maybe uh, give a better picture uh, if you're self-employed particularly of your income uh, and how to massage the numbers legally of course you know we're always working within the parameters the boundaries the IRS sets for us so um, that's where the artistry comes in for us in getting this form to be the, the best scenario for, for every client. And it's unique. Like yours would look different than a contemporaries because of your unique circumstances. Um, sure, sure. And then, guys, this really does sound like the linchpin. You know, Angie hit the nail on yeah. the head there. It, it's, it's the part of the process that you don't want to mess up if you're taking a stab at it by yourself. So, again, having the right trusted professionals to work with you, uh, you know, to help guide you through such a pivotal form is vitally important. So guys, let's, let's take our next step. Let's move into the final phase here of your discovery process. This, you know, this financial review is done form is filed. Now we have a game plan. You know, it's time to sit back down with the client and walk through, you know, what their customized case plan looks like to address their given problem. What does this meeting look like? How do you guys arrive at your case plan? Talk to me about this because from the client side of things, this is, you know, this is it, you know, this is what they've been so excited for. So how does this look like from your seat? Um, you want to answer? No, well, no, I, I was thinking about something, and, and I hate to do this because I think I did it earlier, but <laughs> I think we would almost be uh, somewhat, uh, I think we need to go back and address transcript analysis in phase two because there's a very important thing that we forgot before we sure. can get Let, create the case plan, and it involves it. So I, I don't want to act like that's not an important issue. I know what you're going to uh, say. Yeah, but, but part of the transcript analysis, uh, you know, before we can solve a case, and I tell clients this all the time, you have to be what's called current and compliant. Okay, so the transcript analysis, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's going to be my key to know that you're current and compliant. And what do we mean by this? You know, well, it means that all your tax returns are filed on time. You know, if it's a payroll case, every quarterly returns filed and all the deposits. Well, they are may due. not be filed on time yes. if they're overdue. 
right? So, but yeah. at least they have to be filed. filed. We're talking about filed. They have to be filed because if you have an un, or in an individual case, if you miss a tax year, and then you go to solve your case, you can't. You can't. You're not entitled to resolution in the IRS world until everything is filed. So you consider current and compliant. Okay. So I just want to make sure that we, we address well, that. I don't know a, if you addressed that in the. No, we didn't. Yeah. But the yeah. reason there's a reason for that. If you if you kind of think about why, right? You you don't want to have a a piecemeal solution. So if I go, if we solve your your IRS issues for what's filed today, and but you have a like four or five other periods unfiled, and you're going to owe for those periods, well, that's not a that's not a package. It's not a holistic approach to fixing your. It's like treating you know one illness and you're sick in another area and not treating that one. So doing surgery on on one part of you and you may have another sick sick area. So the IRS requires, and it makes sense that. All of your returns that are due are filed. Mm -hmm. Assessments, if they're you know, are made, and that if you're going to owe, either you pay those or you wrap them up in a in a nice, neat package, the resolution package, so that let's just say you get an offer. I mean, you don't want to have a random a random tax period out there not wrapped up in the settlement. Uh, kind of look at it that way. So yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah. Yes, and we are, and the current the currentness too. I mean, they have to pay. You know. The, I mean, self-employed people come in all the time, and and you know the first thing we tell them is, okay, I need you to start making your your quarterly estimates. I need you to start paying these estimates. So we got to get on this current tag right now. It's 2021. I need you to get. You need to get up to date on 2021. Stop the bleeding. We right. got to stop this thing, and that's how we ultimately fix and solve this problem. Is we we you know you get in the habit and you train this, the, the the clients as to how to make the estimated payments. They start making the payments. Then when they file a tax return. They file it and they don't owe. Mm -hmm. Then, then the cycle is broken, and then it becomes an old problem. And I, I you know, I, we have to make the problem an old problem. Sure. It can't be current problem. We got to make it an old problem. I can fix old problems, but I can't fix ongoing problems year after year after year. Well, it's just expensive so, for the client. It, that it's way, also right? a waste of money. Fine, right, because yeah. if they just fall yeah. right back into fall, and I don't. Nobody wants that. I mean, we don't want that. Yeah. Sure. Want to fix, sure. Well, yeah. Carrie, I'm glad you circled back to that because being current right. and compliant, it sounds like, no, 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 it's it's stopping the bleeding. It goes back to Angie's medical analogy and you got to stop the bleeding before you can treat the root of the issue. So uh, I, I I'm glad we circled back to that because yes, being current and compliant sounds like it's it's really at the forefront of what needs to be addressed if it's not addressed already when going through that transcript sure. analysis. So so that being said, let's, you know, for our hypothetical scenario here, going through your discovery process, let's pretend we are now current and compliant. We've gone through that comprehensive financial review and tr transcript analysis. Here we are at the creation of the customized case plan. What does this look like for the client? What's the what are these conversations and what does this uh, this final phase look like from your your seat? I mean, it's a it's it's basically circling back, you know, with face to face or you know, if clients want phone, phone meetings, um, we will present, we kind of lay everything out. You know, I mean, here's your financial uh, health. It, it, can you confirm that all of this this is accurate? Essentially. Um, and we'll lay out all the qualifications for it different, the different resolution options. So, and the risks. So, you know, if you're going to be an offer, this is, this is what we recommend and here's why, um, these are the risks. It may take a long time. It may not be granted, uh, interest and penalties do continue to accrue if it's not granted. Uh, here's an installment agreement option. Um, you know, there's a collection. We've gone through all the different options, essentially, you know, hardship. 
um, we can run the statute. So we will lay out all of the options, all of the risks, all of the rewards. Uh, we usually, I mean, we'll make a recommendation, obviously, of what we think is the best one. Uh, and then it's up to the client to decide based on their primary outcome goal and um, and their tolerance level. You know, some people want it done today. They, they, they can't wait 18 months. You know, they, they need it buttoned up and done. So, you know, they may be directed towards the installment agreement because I can achieve that quicker. Um, and, and are the, you know, they may have a tolerance level for 10 years and you run the CSED for 10 years if they're out of, out, out of collection risk, you know? So, um, and then after that we implement, you know, we will, we'll get to work again and, um, and make it. And then if, if it doesn't, you know, if we're not successful, we can appeal. And then we go to those phases as well. I mean, it's, it's a face-to-face -face meeting where we roll everything out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, guys, I personally have not been in a situation like this, but I've got to imagine from the client standpoint to sit there with options in front of them. Of course, your recommendation for what might be the best plan of attack moving forward. But in a day and age where we love options, which is about everything we do to have options and thoughtful strategies on how to tackle their tax related issue. I bet that's got to be pretty nice for the client. What, what is that like, you know, walking them through these options and, and how, how rewarding is it uh, watching the client's reaction and seeing, man, you know, how thought through this whole process has really been that this week. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. happens, that happens every day, honestly. You know? Um, and, and I, th I think, uh, I think most of the clients just really appreciate, you know, the honesty because not every conversation is I'm going to settle your case for $5 you know, on your, on your hundred thousand dollar tax liability. That doesn't happen. If it certainly, if it, if it can happen, we do that. And yeah, those are easier conversations to have, uh, rather than, you know, but sometimes honestly, the best solution is to maybe full pay the tax. And then we just go after some penalty abatements or things like that. Um, you know, it, 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 it is, um, you know, to have a customized case plan, is not difficult for us because everybody's case is factually different. You know, nobody has the same exact same ability to pay and collection potential. It's, it's almost impossible to ever do that. So every case, if you're doing it properly, has to have a customized case plan because everybody, every taxpayer is in a different and different situation. They have different CSEDs on their tax liabilities. You know, um, and, and, and that's so important because, you know, some of the things we do will suspend the running of the statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen cases where people come in, you know, that have had other representation and the tax period was about to expire in three months. And yet they go file something that, you know, and they suspended the statute and gave the IRS a whole fresh, you know, two years to collect oh, the boy. tax something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you really got to got to, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and you got to you got to get the whole picture before you just knee jerk file something that you think may be in the best, you know, and um you know, we see it every day yeah. and, and that's kind of, um, yeah, you know, so the customized, uh, plan, it just naturally comes. I'll just sure. say that. And it's usually, honestly, um, it's not in most of, most of the cases, it's usually very clear as to what's best for that client. Sure. It's not say we, we do, they do have options. We do give them options, but it's usually one sticking out mm -hmm. and it's pretty clear as to which one they, they'll, they'll need to do once we go through everything. Well, right. thank you. Yeah, I think the biggest um, reassurance that I would would give to to clients is there there are options. You know, we hear a lot, especially on the in the onboarding phase. You know, I don't know what to do. I've just been paralyzed by, I just I'm so afraid. You know, and and 
think there's a the fear factor once you cross that threshold and trust someone, which is really hard to do, right? I mean, it's your taxes. It's there's so much at risk. Um, once you've done that with our organization, you know, w within our company, and you know, I wish you could see what I see every day in the background with the people that are here. Um, and and once you do that, you know that there there's going to be so, that something's going to happen. And then when it gets to that phase where we're reviewing the financial, going through the transcript, um, it is customized. So, and that's the bigger, the other takeaway. So trust number one and do something. And then once we get you to that phase, you'll see, um, or people will see that we don't look in, it's not a vacuum. Like we're not working um, in a vacuum with this form and this tax return. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a black and white situation. There is some artistry to it. And, um, Oftentimes when people try to do it themselves, which and some a lot of people can, um, our clients typically have tried and not gotten the result they wanted. Right. And the reason, the reason is if you call the IRS, they'll start going through that form, that 433, and they'll just, you know, they'll take your numbers, they put it in, in, the, in the algorithm, and they say, oh, pay me, you know, X dollars, and it's not something you can live with, and you may agree to it because you're afraid. Um, so the customization is important. Uh, and achieving your outcome goal is sort of the big, the big ones with me. Guys, from all of our conversations together, so many times I feel like we're, we're coming back to this idea of these, these moments where these touch points with the IRS, the various forms that you file answering their questions, these are very calculated decisions and they have real repercussions that can extend for years. Uh, so at the end of the day, when you're going to make these decisions and, and file certain forms and, and go about attacking your tax problem with a, with a particular strategy in mind, you know, you, you can't miss. You want to make sure you do it right the first time around, and it helps to work with the trusted professionals like you guys at the Bryson Law Firm to, to really knock that out uh, and to have that best plan of attack moving forward the first time around. So, guys, I appreciate you taking some time to kind of carve out this this discovery process for us. You know, four phases here, going back through them one more time. You know, it starts with engagement and onboarding. It moves into the transcript analysis, really understanding the problems at hand. Uh, and then, of course, the comprehensive financial review, as Angie mentioned, the linchpin, really, of going through the finances and how this problem can really be solved. And then, of course, that final step of, of the creation of a customized case plan, walking the client through the various options that are in existence. And then, of course, your recommendation for what would be the best plan of attack to you know mitigate their tax issue. But, uh, you know, a really robust discovery process you guys have over there. And, uh, you know, I guess before we bring our conversation to a head and, and sign off for the day, uh, you know, is there anything else you want to share, maybe personally, professionally, when it comes to this discovery process as a whole? I mean, the only thing that I would add in picking up on what Angie said is just, you know, I would, if I had to convey anything to anyone that had a tax problem is hope there, there are ways to solve these problems. You know, yes, the IRS is, they're well-trained. They spend a lot of money on training, uh, they, their forms, you know, I call it that sneaky form is designed that way, <laughs> you know, uh, and their, 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 their employees uh, are well-trained. So, you know, but there is hope. And, and it's, you know, that's just what I like to convey the message of hope. I mean, tax problems, they are solvable. You know, you may not think so. And of course the IRS may not, may not give you, uh, you know, if you're making that phone call to them, they certainly don't, you know, they act like there's just one avenue and this is the only way we could solve your case. 
And that's just not the case, you know. They unfortunately they have a lot of resources, so you're never going to out-resource them, uh, you know. And, they, and their employees are trained, but there but but there are ways to solve these cases. Uh, there are deals to be made with the IRS, and it just takes it just takes you know that first step, you know. We, and and that's usually what we, you know, we got to get over that first step, and that's just to come out and you know let's it's time to address the problem and just get get it you know it's solvable. I haven't had a case yet I couldn't solve. I'll tell you that. Love that. Well, guys, look, I really appreciate you again taking some time out of your day to walk us through this discovery process. And look, hey, I'm looking forward to the next conversation already. Awesome. Thank you. We enjoyed it. Thanks. Alrighty, look, hey, and to our audience, we want to take one final moment to thank you for jumping aboard here on the Facebook live stream or after the fact on a podcasting platform. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard today, please feel free to like, comment on the show, subscribe to the show on the platform you're checking us out on, and then of course, share this information with friends, family, anybody who you think would benefit from these tax-related discussions, because at the end of the day, we are tapping into Carrie and Angie's, you know, wealth of experience in this tax mitigation world and offering suggestions, solutions, strategies that can be at your fingertips for mitigating your own tax-related issue. So for Carrie and Angie, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long and thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Talkin' Tax.